The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Live streaming provided by Alpha Geek Radio and Alpha Geek Video. Visit tunein.alphageekradio.com to learn more. Finally, Friday is being brought to you this week by our major spoilers VIP and Patreon members around the world. With their support, we're able to do shows like this and everything at Majorspoilers.com. You can check out more at Patreon.com slash Majorspoilers. Well, hello, everyone. It's finally Friday. I can't believe we made it to the end of the week this week. I'm Steven Schleicher from Majorspoilers.com. And wow, look, the uh, chat room is filling up very, very quickly. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of a heads up of what is going on this week, something that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we will be talking about Stranger Things later on in the show. So we're going to go into uh, spoilers. We're going to go into a lot of stuff about uh, why we like Stranger Things, the Netflix series that you can go check out right now. And what, the way I want this show to work is that um, I want people to call in with why they like the show or why they don't like the show. What's great? What's not so great? That's going to be coming up in a few minutes. So spoiler alert for those of you who have not watched Stranger Things uh, and don't want to be spoiled because there are some spoiler things that are going on in there. Uh, but uh, before we do that, let's do some quick television news and see what's going on in the rest of uh, television. Is that how we say it? Television land. So why don't we start off uh, with some stories on television category over at Majorspoilers.com. Oh, if you're a big fan of the Powers series, the Sony PlayStation series, it's not going to be coming back anytime soon. Brian Michael Bendis, the creator of Powers for the Icon Comics and for Marvel Comics, uh, went on to Twitter to say that they're not going to renew the show. It's not coming back. Uh, at least it's not coming back on the Sony network. So um, if you're hoping for a third season of Powers, well, I guess I'm sorry, but uh, honestly, it wasn't... Uh, Production values weren't that great on that show. Even though there were some really good moments in the show, there were some definitely some not great moments in the show. Uh, if you want to hear our reactions to the Luke Cage television trailer, make sure you head over to Majorspoilers.com and check out the Major Spoilers um, podcast for this week, where we go into that in detail. Uh, this week, the Television Critics Association had their summer event, and all the networks were there and the cable channels were there presenting to the press. CW was up with a lot of superhero news that I think a lot of you are going to be super excited about. Or maybe it's just me. I don't know. Uh, the Flash, one of my favorite shows on television right now, and I've been begging for the Mirror Master for like two seasons to appear on the show. He's like the only uh, member of Flash's original rogues gallery to uh, not have appeared on the show yet. But he is coming to The Flash in season three. I believe it is episode three of season three. We are finally getting the Mirror Master, Sam Scudder. Uh, this will be rather interesting, and I can't wait to see how they deal with the trippy mirror effects. Uh, Charisma Carpenter. I'm a big fan of Charisma Carpenter as well. Many of you know that if you've been listening to the Major Spoilers podcast and reading the site over the years. 
She has been cast for the second season of Lucifer based on the Vertigo character. Um, this will also be running, I think this is on Fox, but if uh, you like Chris McCarpenter, you like Lucifer, she will be joining in the second season. A lot of flash news that came out of this uh, TCA event. First one is we got the official synopsis for Flash Season 3, and uh, it's really quite long, but basically we're covering the Flashpoint event in the first couple of episodes, and uh, they won't have a villain that will run the entire season. They won't have a one long storyline like we got last year with Zoom. Instead, it's going to be multiple storylines that will be broken up, but we do know two of the big bads that we're going to come across uh, this season are... Um, Dr. Alchemy and uh, Savitar, which is another speedster-stealing character. So we will be looking for that in the coming season. Uh, They also announced that The Ray is headed to his own animated series. It's titled The Freedom Fighters The Ray. Uh, The Ray has been around since, oh, I don't know, I want to say the 1990s, somewhere around there, created by Joe Quesada and, um, uh, now I forget the other creator of this, But uh, The Ray will be getting his own animated series, and the cool thing about this uh, CW uh, Seed animated series is it does belong in the Arrowverse, and the idea is that they're going to take the actor who's going to play the character The Ray in the television series, and they're going to make him the uh, voice for The Ray in the animated series. The other big news about this, which I think is really cool, is that The Ray will be the first gay uh, superhero to lead a television series. So we've got that uh, going for us, and that is a really great thing. For those of you that love uh, love the crossover episode between Flash and Supergirl, you're in for another treat. They have announced a two-part crossover that will happen probably, I'm guessing, in the spring half of the season. But uh, in this two-part episode, it will be an all-musical episode. So if you've always wanted to see Melissa Benoist and Grant Gustin get together and sing songs together on the screen. You're going to get your wish uh, coming up in the season three and season two of Supergirl and The Flash. There's a lot of talented people on uh, both casts of those shows, and they can sing very, very well. And so I imagine that the musical two-parter will be fantastic. Uh, we also got some uh, confirmation that Mon-El, Superman's big brother, is coming to Supergirl next season. And here's why I think this is really cool. Uh, we have seen at the end of season one of uh, Supergirl, this rocket crash lands into uh, the ground and Supergirl goes over and rips off the top and she's surprised by what's inside. And she's really surprised because uh, the rocket looks like a rocket from Krypton. Well, with the reveal that mon played by Chris Wood, is coming to um, uh, Supergirl, it makes me think that the character inside that rocket ship is indeed Largand from uh, Superman's Lost Brother. And the story kind of goes like this, and this is why I think it's really interesting. So a little bit of spoiler if you haven't read Superboy number 89 from like 1961. Uh, In this Superboy story, a rocket crashes to Earth. This person comes out, and Superboy is sitting there thinking to himself, oh my gosh, this guy kind of looks like me. He's from outer space. He's got a costume that kind of looks like mine, but the colors are reversed. Let me fish through his pockets and see what I can find. And so he reaches in his pocket and pulls out this letter written in Kryptonian, from Jor-El, Superman's father, which basically gives him directions to Earth. And so Superboy just assumes that, oh my gosh, this must be my long-lost big brother. And so um, he calls the character Mon-El, Mon for Monday, L from the House of El, Superman. Uh, when Mon-El awakes, he cannot remember who he is or where he's from, and they go on adventures together. They have basically the same power set, super strength, flight, uh, x-ray vision, the light stuff, all that stuff. Uh, then at one point... 
Superman, uh, there's a there's some uh, kryptonite that gets exposed and Superboy's like, oh, no, watch out, big brother. I will protect you. And he encases the kryptonite in, of course, a lead box, gives it to Monel. Well, the problem is Monel becomes deathly sick. And then as he's dying, he reveals, oh, wait, my name's not Monel. I'm not from Krypton. I'm from a planet called Daxum. I'm a Daxamite. We have similar powers to each other. In fact, the, our power sets are almost identical, except on your world, or Krypt- Kryptonite kills you, Superman. Where I'm from, lead kills me. And so by containing that Kryptonite and giving me the box or exposing me to the lead box, you have faded me to death. Ah, way to go, big brother. Uh, and so Superman doesn't know how to fix, doesn't know how to cure lead poisoning. And so his idea was, I'm going to lock Monel away in the Phantom Zone for a certain length of time until I can figure out a cure for the lead poisoning. Now, the nice thing about the, the uh, Phantom Zone is you don't age and, you, and, and any ill effects that would come from the lead poisoning would be halted. So he would basically live as a ghost in limbo until a cure was found. Well, either because he didn't want to admit that he tried to kill, his, uh, kill somebody from outer space or maybe because he got too busy saving the world time and time again, Superboy never found a cure for this lead poisoning. Jump ahead to the 30th century, and we get introduced to two characters who come up with one a temporary solution and one a permanent cure for lead poisoning, and they're able to bring Monel out of the Phantom Zone. Those two characters are Saturn Girl and Brainiac 5. You know them from the Legion of Superheroes. So why is that kind of cool? Well, you, I'm hoping that they follow this same storyline in the television series, because that would mean something that I've been kind of predicting and thinking that they're going to do is they're going to hint at a Legion of Superheroes television series that will come down the line because the Legion of Superheroes have been tied with Superman and Supergirl uh, from very early on, especially with the Superboy series. And to create a Legion of Superheroes television show would be right up CW's alley. We've talked about this before on uh, the Flashback podcast that Matthew Peterson and I host that's exclusive for our Patreon and VIP members, patreon.com slash major spoilers. You can find out more there. Uh, but I really think that the Legion of Superheroes is a CW show. It's got teenagers. It's got good looking teenagers. It's got your crime fighting and your superhero abilities. And they have to learn and work together to solve problems in a crazy, crazy world. It's right up CW's alley. And if this isn't the hint, along with the fact that we saw a Legion flight ring last season, if this isn't the hint that we're getting a Legion of Superheroes uh, television show within the next, I would say, season and a half, um, I don't know what the CW is is thinking. Now, the interesting thing is during the TCAs, uh, they did say that, you know, we think we've got our fill of superhero movies that we can handle on our network. So I, they were saying, really, I don't think we're going to be doing any more superhero stuff, which explains why we probably won't get a Constantine um, a television series um, and maybe why we don't get a Legion of Superheroes series. But quite honestly, I think if CW looked at their at their uh, uh, network programming, they still got about three more days of the week that they can shove some uh, superhero stuff in. And I think they should take advantage of it. The other big news that came out of the TCA CW panel was the fact that Kevin Smith will be directing uh, uh, an episode or more of uh, the flash for season three, but he'll also be directing Supergirl. He'll be directing an episode of Supergirl for the CW as well. This came out from uh, Smith and from the, uh, as the TCAs, as I said. We don't know what episode he will be directing of season two of uh, Supergirl, but we do know that he will be directing episode, I believe it's episode seven 
of season three of The Flash uh, that's coming out. Uh, in fact, in September, he's going to go uh, start shooting that up in Vancouver. So should be some good times. So that, those are some of the stories that are over on the Major Spoilers website. I would encourage you to head over there and check them out uh, for yourself. Should be some good times. And uh, now I think we're going to switch gears and we're going to be talking about Stranger Things. So um, you want to get your, your phone dialers going, or if this is the point where you don't want to be spoiled, this is the point where we say goodbye. Uh, but 785-727-1939, that's the number that you need to call. Or you can call me on Skype, Stephen underscore Schleicher. And uh, if you want to talk about Stranger Things, or really if you want to talk about anything, any of this TV news that you want to talk about or anything that's on your mind, uh, please feel free to do so. But I'm going to try to devote as much time in this second bit as um, uh, to uh, talking about Stranger Things. And I see uh, Nathan Olson, uh, the great NATO, is in the chat, and he says, it's almost like the CW is listening to you, Stephen. I know, right? Uh, although it could just be that I can put all the clues together that they have already planned uh, a year ahead of time, and uh, I'm just seeing where they're going. So that could be it as well. So a lot of people in the chat today, and I'm hoping that you're all here to talk about uh, Stranger Things. The other thing I'm going to pop up is I'm going to go ahead and pop in uh, the hashtag Twitter feed of uh, Stranger Things. Oh, there it is. I guess I can't put it up at the same time that I've got these other images going on. Let's go to the phone lines. Hi, who's this? Hey, Stephen. It's Nato. How are you doing? Speak of the devil, Nate. What is going on with you? Not much. Just uh, finishing up a week of vacation before the kids go back to school. Oh, yeah. Where did you guys go for your vacation this year? Nowhere. We just stay here. Sometimes that's nice. A lot of doctor's appointments and just getting stuff ready to go back. Yes, we've been doing doc. We've been doing dentist appointments. We've got, I think, a dentist appointment next week for the half day of school they have, and then right after that, they're going back to the dentist and soccer practice and all this crazy stuff. So, ah, uh, best time of the year, right? Especially oh, if you're yeah. a doctor. So, what's yeah. on your mind this week? You ready to talk about some Stranger Things? Oh yes. All right. So, so why don't, where are you gonna where are you gonna start us off at? Well, I um. The one thing I well I, again I you know the, the biggest thing I think it was, it was great is because of it being an homage to basically the eighties mm-hmm. sci fi horror mm-hmm. um, suspense uh, thrillers and right. kind of all the little Easter eggs and everything that are in there yeah um, so that that in itself was great the music was phenomenal mm-hmm. so um, the only thing, and I, I didn't get a chance to go back and look at it, but you, I remember you mentioning somewhere that the the opening sequence, mm-hmm. when you know the basically the Stranger Things logo comes up right. and everything, it's at different times throughout the throughout the um, episode. Right. So I, I, and like I had a theory that that was either how many portals were open during that episode, or mm. how many people were in the Upside Down Land. Oh, okay. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that or heard that. Yeah, I, it was just a theory that I had. I, I in a couple of times, like the first episode, it starts at you know one one minute in. That's mm-hmm. when it happened. So mm-hmm. technically, you know, there was only one portal that opened. Right. Um, um, well, yeah, yeah. Okay, I can go with that. I suppose. Yeah, I mean, because no one went through that portal, I get. Well, no, well, one thing went through, I don't know, someone. But anyway, there was, like, weird combinations of. Mm-hmm. But the, um, the, the the only other thing that I that was kind of creepy was their 
teacher. Yeah, Dr. Uh, What's-His-Name. Uh, he's actually, right. if I were to list my favorite characters on the show, Mr. Clark, the science teacher, yes. is on my top five. He's my number five of all of my favorite characters on that show. Why do you find right. him creepy? Well, one one reason, he had the answers to everything they needed. Uh-huh. I mean, literally everything, right? right? Oh, yeah, I know how to make a... a, a oh, uh, yeah, a deprivation, deprivation tank. tank. Uh, yeah, deprivation tank, and oh well, you know this is how cross-dimensional portals work, and mm-hmm. you know oh look, here's use this radio, and yeah, yeah. and the, the and the lady from the company goes to see him, and he doesn't wind up dead. Yeah, that was that was the part that I found most fascinating was that uh, the so in the in the story there's this. Um, uh, the Department of Energy Labs, they have some people that are out killing people to find out where Eleven has gone. Uh, because Mr. Clark knows the, the boys and may know where they're at, every time this woman shows up, she kills somebody. Doesn't matter who, the owner of a store, you know, a restaurant, whatever. She just uh, shoots him in the head. She shows up to Mr. Clark's house, and I thought he was going to be dead too. Turns out he's not because they call him later in the show asking about deprivation tanks. Uh, which which funny. Which makes me think... Is he a former uh, energy uh, employee? What what did he yeah, do before he started teaching? Why does he know so much? And the in the conversation between them both, it's like, oh, I know some kids. Like, oh yeah, I already know who you're talking about. Here mm-hmm. they are. And it's mm-hmm. like, it was just very very weird and creepy. But yes, he was a very he was a very good character. But the yeah. um, the correlation between. Uh, E.T. and um, uh, The Thing and I want even to, to point to, and I think it was in the 90s, but uh, there was a, a show called Watchers. Yes. A movie called Watchers. Yes. Uh-huh. Where, you know, because she had that connection to the beast and um, they, you know, she was able not to, you know, manipulate it, but she was able to, to understand it and and mm-hmm find out where it was at and stuff. So. Yeah, this was, I think you're thinking of, if you're thinking of Watchers, it uh, the movie had Corey Haim and a dog, yeah. uh, and they were able to, right. to work with one another. That is based on a book by Dean Koontz, which is, um, if you're t- looking at Dean Koontz, now I think Dean Koontz is a better storyteller than Stephen King, um, but Watchers and Strangers, I think, are a couple of his uh, big hit books. Um, yeah. Those are probably the, the best books that uh, Koontz has written. And yeah, I can see some Watchers influence in in that aspect of it. Yeah, yeah, it was neat. But if, um, I mean, there's just so much. I mean, eight episodes of just pure awesomeness of dialogue was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, just e- everything was great. And then I also have another theory about her at the end. That oh, she, about eleven. You know, about eleven. Mm-hmm. She's actually not on our plane. She's on the other plane. She's on the upside down world. She could be. And and, that, and there's a lot of people that have, uh, I was looking at some fan theories today and I noticed that there are a lot of people that think that um, if you look at the, the Demogorgon, the, uh, the monster that the kids are fighting in the Dungeons and Dragons game and the name that they right. give to the monster from the, uh, from the underside or from the upside down, I keep wanting to call it the underdark because it kind of feels that way. <laughs> but from from the, but the monster from the upside down really only has one head and um, four limbs to it. Uh, the Demogorgon is a two headed monster in the Dungeons and Dragons game and has uh, like six or eight limbs, something like that. 
there's like you said this thing with watchers where 11 and the the demogorgon have kind of a connection to one another or have something going on with one another there's a lot of people that think and um are speculating that the two have fused together into what we know as the demogorgon from the dungeons and dragons game and are back in the uh upside down yeah so that's that's probably not too too far out so i guess are you thinking then in season two that 11 will return? I think she will. Um, either either that she will return, either coming back through or because of uh, was it, oh, the main character that was trapped over there, Will. Was it Will? Yeah, Will. Mm-hmm. Will. Yeah, and of course, his little freaky thing at the end about he, he's been changed or modified as well. Yeah. And but so the reason why I was thinking she was over there is because when the sheriff puts that stuff in there with the waffles and stuff, mm-hmm. it was just interesting how the upside down mimicked the real world, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because, you know, when they were in the house, those lights were still up. And the only reason why those lights were going on is because someone from the other side was counteracting something. You know, they were creating that that frequency to turn those lights on on the other side so so you think that the act with um uh chief hooper or hopper when he's taking those right. egos out into the woods and putting them in the box it's him sending it to the um the upside down so she has something to eat yep ah, okay because i didn't because my interpretation was that was that um she had made it back from the upside down or he was putting it out there in case she had come back from the upside down and she didn't want to have any contact with people because she again thinks that she's the monster she's in hiding yeah. that she's in hiding and he's putting them out there so that she can eat. But I kind of like your theory, uh, Nate, that's, that's a good, good idea that he's kind of feeding her through that box. The other thing that made me think that she was, um, in our world was that, the box was empty, yet it was a box that he kept going to again and again and again, or the implication that he had been out there many times, and so that she right. was running around eating that. I, I like that. Now, we do know that the next season, at least the Duffer brothers have said in an interview, that there has to be a time jump in the second season uh, in order for the right. things to work the way they want them to work. And it looks like the minimum that we're going to jump ahead is one year. So that, I think, yeah, that- will be interesting to see if 11 comes back or what the state of things are, uh, what did you think of that thing that, uh, will coughs up at the end? So there's this really great moment in the, yeah. in, in the series, in the show where, um, chief, uh, Hopper and Winona writers character, Joyce Byers go into the upside down to rescue will. And they find will. And he's got this thing like this giant slug thing forced down his throat, almost like what you would see an alien face hugger would do when it's impregnating somebody. Um, and of course, uh, for those of you that have asked on, um, the, uh, the live chats that I do on Periscope on Friday nights, you know, is Barb dead? I think Barb's dead that we kind of find out in that final episode, we see something crawling out of her mouth. And then at the very end of the uh, eighth episode, Will excuses himself, goes into the bathroom and starts coughing and a slug thing comes out of his mouth and goes down into the, the sink drain, which is totally creepy. Yeah. Is that something that really happened or is he just having flashbacks and thinking these things? And if something, no, I I think he was changed or modified or that either it was an embryo or something that was in him that he, you know, that coughed up through his lungs. And because of that connection, that's why he kind of, he flips really quick, which, you know, if you go, go ahead, then, okay. So if he's been changed or modified, 
can he just jump between planes without having uh, you know those portals now? Mm-hmm. Or is, is that he... how is that how he gets there to get uh, get get eleven back? Sure. And then the question is. Is it one slug that he coughed up, or is he, uh, you know, how insects typically these, right. insects typically do not lay one egg, right? They lay thousands right. of eggs. And are we going to come back a year later and we're going to get a whole um, a chud uh, homage in the second season <laughs> where it's these right. underground things, these alligators in the sewers, these subhuman people running around uh, terrorizing the, the town of, what is this, uh, Hawkins, Indiana? Um, yeah. I, that was Bobby probably Bates. the creepiest thing of the whole uh, ep- uh, the whole series was this implication of holy crap these things have been brought over from the other side and now the town is going to be inhabited and we're going to get pod people meets you know chud meets alligators in the sewers and all this stuff <laughs> yeah it, it's 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 boundless so yeah yeah it, that was kind of creepy i didn't see honestly that was probably the only thing i didn't really see coming but it was funny because when i i was telling um I was telling some people at work, I'm like, yeah, but I don't think, I, I think it was like episode four or five. And I was like, yeah, I don't think Barb's alive. And they're like, yeah, okay. So I, that, that kind of made sense. Yeah. But the only other thing that, that I want to say, and I'll open it up for everyone else to call in, but um, so 11, mm-hmm. clone or not a clone? A clone of who? Well, because the lady that they went to go see, mm-hmm. she was pregnant when she started taking the drug, you know, fire right. starter type stuff, right? You know, she yeah. was being experimented on and stuff. She didn't realize she had a baby. Mm-hmm. And then basically when she delivered the baby, they said the baby died. Right. 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 Well, what if the baby did die, but was still genetically modified and they just kept cloning and cloning and cloning and boom, here's, here's clone 11. Yeah, well, that would explain the 11 marker, right? Or there could have been 11 previous attempts because they did say that in the experimentation that the uh, woman who was had uh, tripped out from all the LSD use, um, that um, there were a bunch of people going through these experiments, not just her, and that um, maybe her combination of LSD plus being pregnant at the time um, that that was the child. The mother was not viable, but the the child was viable to do these experiments. It would be interesting if it was clone, but I, I kind of like the uh, personally. I like the idea of the um, of this is just the natural testing of the LSD because that is something. I mean, right. One of the great things about this is if you're a conspiracy theorist, if you're somebody that loved to listen to Art Bell, not the current uh, Midnight in the Desert or the uh, Coast to Coast show with different hosts, but if you love the heyday of Art Bell back in the uh, in the nineties. Um, this is stuff that they would talk about all the time, how the government was doing experiments with LSD, how people were being modified, how were they were doing this remote viewing stuff that they were trying to get, uh, 11 to do. And so from that aspect, this show is filled with those kinds of, of things, uh, very X file ish. And I, and at first I thought that that's what they were going to be doing is nothing, but, um, each episode would be kind of a different X files riff. I'm glad they went the direction that they did, but. Um, yeah, I kind of I kind of like that aspect of the show, but no, I hadn't thought about clones yet, and that the might o- be something that's means, yeah. Because the only reason I brought that up is because you know the body in the water mm-hmm. wasn't really him, but it that's looked true. like him until the and cut him was, opening was filled was with stuffing. Him. Though he was just filled with like stuffing. It's not like right, it was a real mandroid right. or anything. Right, but it was just weird that you know the body itself, technically his, you know, the skin and everything. It was like a it was almost like a rush job, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe so. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that too. You know, I mean, just, 
just to get it out. You know, you have, we need to create something to say, no, 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 he's he's not missing. He's not anywhere. He you know, he dies. Sorry. Have a nice day. Yeah. Which was the weird so. part. I mean, that was really weird how they were just trying to um, throw that out there that, you know, here's this body that was just a, you know, stuffing uh, right. to try to throw the parents off when Joyce knew that her son was alive and there was no convincing it. I, I like that aspect of the character development for Winona Ryder. And quite frankly, oh, Winona Ryder was great in this series as, as the mother. And I just, I loved her to death for that. But with yeah. so many people who knew that they'd already dredged that, um, the quarry for the body to suddenly show up kind of didn't make a lot of sense for, or should have not have made a lot of sense for everybody involved in the search. Right. Yeah. So who yeah. was your, so who was your overall favorite character in the show? Um, I, I would have to say Hopper. Mm, the chief, yeah. The, the 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 sheriff, just just because he was, I mean, he was just, hey, he's a small town, blah blah blah. But he wasn't a stupid guy, right? No, it no, wasn't no. like they pulled on you. He wasn't an idiot. He wasn't stupid. He was just, it's like guys, it's a small town. I'm relaxed, and I'm just doing what I have to do, just to get stuff done. Yeah. And then you know, um, and then the second favorite was Will's brother. I thought he would he. Mm phenomenal phenomenal job especially when you know they had that scene out in the in the middle of the uh the road mm-hmm. um with his mother and they're yelling back and forth and and stuff like that and yeah but that that's pretty much how that I, was good and I, then the I, whole I, go thing ahead. with him not getting the girl at the end too i thought was was a clever clever twist yeah i like that as well i i it kind of gives you a pretty what is it pretty in pink uh kind of vibe yeah. going on with that so here, here are my favorite characters from number five uh, to number one. Um, uh, Mr. Cl- or Mr. Clark is uh, is in there. Um, Joyce Byers, which I just again, Winona Ryder just did a fantastic job in playing this mother who's just like so desperate and uh, doesn't give a crud about anything except her family and her immediate needs. Like she's been working at a um, uh, department store, like drugstore yeah. store type thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she goes in and, and everyone's assuming that she, her son is dead. Um, you know, they just had the funeral for the body or whatever. And the proprietor, the owner of the store is like, yeah, I, I can give you a couple weeks off. And she's like, I need uh, I need advance pay. I need 30 days advance pay. And he's like, well, I don't know if I can do that. And she's like, damn it. I've been working here for six yeah. years. Never had a day off. Never called in sick. Give me my 30 days. And he's just like. Okay, and just you know, gives her the money that she needs and puts a bunch of uh, merchandise on credit um, for her as well, which I just found incredibly good. Um, again, I put the chief down. I thought he was great too because um, uh, he just had this des- not like desperation, but he'd given up all hope. You know, he had lost his daughter uh, to cancer. Right. His wife left him. Uh, he is just super depressed and just doesn't want to do anything. He's left the big city as a detective there to take this chief of, poli- of the sheriff or chief of police position in uh, Hawkins, Indiana. And when it's time to get things done, he snaps to it. But for the rest of the time, he's just like boozing and drugging and uh, having sex with every woman in town to the point where right. all the women in town hate him with a passion. Uh, he's just really clever. Uh, I love the girl who played Eleven. Uh, she was, wow. Uh, Millie Bobby Brown is her name. Just so good in her role. And of course she's got the whole spooky vibe. I mean, you can go back to Firestarter and and other things to get, uh, even Carrie to get that vibe from her. But my all time favorite 
uh, character in the whole series is Toothless. The, um, the uh, kind of overset (laughs) kid that has the missing teeth in the front of his mouth. Um, He is so cute and so lovable, but at the same time, he's the one that's, he's super smart and he's the peacemaker of the group, right? Because even when um, um, the other two kids in their group are fighting with one another, he gets them to say, hey, friends, you know, Goonies don't abandon Goonies, essentially. He gives that big speech of Goonies stick together. And um, I I thought he was he was by far my favorite. And every time he was on the scene, I was just like giddy with the light over this over this character. Yeah, he, he he was really good. He was he he was the glue. Yeah. So uh, how many of the movies, Nate, can you name that are referenced in uh, in Stranger Things? Oh, so we know there's Firestarter, right? Uh, alien mm-hmm. uh, and aliens, thing. yeah, the thing. Okay. Alien, aliens, mm-hmm. right? Uh, let's see, the thing. Uh, Et. Yep, big one there. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yep. Um, trying to think, whatever. Um, uh, that's probably off the top of my head. Here's here's the list that that I have. I've got um, Alien and Aliens, Blow Up because we've got um, uh, Will's older brother taking those pictures, and he's taking the picture okay, of Barb, yeah. and she's there, and the next right. minute she's not there, and he's only do and he's only figuring out kind of maybe what's happened with her, and believing the story of this monster when he develops the pictures and blows them up. Uh, you've got Body Double, which is there as well, watching um, you know the the brother's obsession with watching. Um, the teenage, uh, I forget what her name was, uh, the girl. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The love interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nancy. No, it wasn't Nancy. Yeah, Nancy. Yeah, uh, Nancy. Uh, you know, just constantly watching her and kind of stalking her. You get a little bit of that uh, in there. Of course, you had mentioned um, uh, Carrie, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. There was some Empire Strikes Back in there a lot with the, you know, make the Millennium Falcon fly kind of stuff. Yeah. E.T., uh, the Evil Dead, uh, especially with the stuff in the Underdark. Uh, Firestarter, as we already mentioned, because, man, if you don't get a Firestarter vibe by Episode 4, uh, that's oh, uh, no. that's yeah. out there. You had The Fog, The Goonies, um, Jaws, The Last Starfighter, Manhattan Project, Minority Report. Not, a lot of people have said Minority Report simply because of the, um, uh, the, the, the deprivation tank. But really, I would point more towards the... Um, um, what's the other movie from the '80s where he really trips out? It's got uh, John Hurt in it. Uh, what is it now? It totally slips in my mind. But he goes in there and he uh, has takes a bunch of LSD, goes into a deprivation tank, and just has all these out of out of body experiences and everything. Um, gosh, now I can't think of it. I'm sure it'll come to me in a moment. Uh, there's Poltergeist in this, Predators in this, oh, yeah. uh, uh, Stand by Me, They Live, The Thing, as you mentioned. Uh, yeah. And Videodrome, like this whole thing in Videodrome, there's this thing where the hands are reaching out of the TV monitor and that yep, kind yep. of same thing happens. And also you see that with, uh, I think, Nightmare on Elm Street, where the hand is reaching out of the wall trying to to bust on through to the other side. Uh, Altered yeah. States, that's that's the movie that I'm thinking of. Altered States, yes. yeah. Yeah, So those are just some of the movies and there's uh, just so many references in there that, that, make, that make sense and work really well. And... Um, yeah, it's just it's just so good. Is I didn't think I was going to like this to be honest with you. Um I think um 
uh, Brian Brushwood had said, hey, I'm going to do a live uh, live tweeting of episode three if anyone's up for it. And I was like, well, if Brian's interested in Stranger Things, maybe I should look and see what this is about. And I watched the first episode and I was like, oh, I see where this is going and I'm not too happy if this is going to just be a ripoff of, of you know, E.T. or something like that. And then by the end of the second right. episode, I was like, oh my gosh, they are in a deep E.T., the extraterrestrial nosedive and they better pull up. And then at some point I realized what they were doing and then the show just was magical for our, for the next you know six episodes, and I burned through them in just a couple of days. That's that's how good I thought Stranger yeah. Things was. You couldn't wait to get to the next episode. It would just it just ended and boom. I was like, okay, what's it's oh yeah, thank for all this, thank God for all this start because it it just kept going. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, Were there some things? Oh, that, the other, go ahead. The only other person that I thought was phenomenal was the was her father. Oh, yeah, yeah, the guy... Um, or Papa. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, um, Matthew Modine. Yes, Matthew Modine, that's it. Yeah, he plays yeah. a great, and I call it the jangly keys man, because I believe in the E.T. extraterrestrial movie, um, the guy that's chasing the kids down uh, doesn't have a name, but every time you see him, he's got these um, uh, jangly keys on his belt, and so he's called jangly keys man, and Ma- Matthew Modine basically plays that character in this in this uh, show perfectly like that and yeah he's matthew modine's character is creepy as, as heck yeah the worst parent in the world oh. which makes me feel a little bit better about my parenting yeah <laughs> <laughs> which again also makes me feel that it's a clone because she kept saying papa or whatever mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know how did you know how old was she or again like you said she could have just been the 11th person they right. started experimenting on she could have been an orphan or whatever so yeah, yeah. It, it's it's good to have those questions unanswered because i actually like those versus us them telling you 100 percent this is what's going on and i like the fact that they did they tried to say okay well here's what's going on and yet that really wasn't the answer because either the scientists were speculating or the chief was speculating or mom was spe- or everybody's just speculating on what's going on and right. we didn't see any of that. And had this followed, you know, there's a there's one movie that really isn't mentioned uh, at all or TV series that's not mentioned at all in this is Stephen King's It, which um, there's a lot of of that with, um, um, you know, the clown character uh, being underground. The Demogorgon is underground under in the uh, upside down. Um, had this followed the setup in the very first episode where they're fighting the Demogorgon and Will is saying, I cast um uh flaming sphere or whatever that he's a uh, magic missile at the right. at the demogorgon um had that been the case in the scene where um one of the boys picks up the rock and he's like yeah this is the rock that's going to do it had right. they had that really played out that would have been some kind of magical rock that would have helped defeat uh the character uh, as opposed to just 11 taking care of the monster uh, throughout they would have they would have brought that right. back around like they did with uh with it um interestingly the duffer brothers had begged warner brothers for them to to let them remake it and this was before the current uh, everything was in production for it and warner brothers were like nope we have no intention of doing anything with it and so the duffer brothers were forced to go and do something else so they came up with stranger things they pitched it to i think they said 15 different networks or 15 Something different like that. It was, production it was companies how many people yeah. yeah and then netflix said okay let's do this and i if i were to pick the best uh if i were to pick the best network right now it would have to be netflix 
I know they started right. off with just, you know, delivering movies to your home, but all the original programming they've done has all been fantastic. So good on Netflix. Yes, what, sir. What was the thing that disappointed you the most about Stranger Things? It ended. Yeah. yeah. I honest, honestly, I can't, I, I, I can't think of anything that was really like, oh, why did they do that? It was like everything made sense, right? You know, the guy really didn't get the girl at the end. Mm -hmm. You know, the father came back, but he really didn't come back. He's come back for the money. And she, right. you know, the mother was a strong, you know, back in the 80s, you know, single mom. I grew up with a single mom in the 80s. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to understand, to, to see that type of stuff. And, you know, the, and that's the other thing too, is the casting is everyone wasn't like, a CW Hollywood person. Right. 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 It, they, they fit, they, they fit the character that they were playing. They looked, it's like, Oh my gosh, it, this is the eighties. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I honestly, I can't really say really anything bad um, about it. The other, other than there's a few questions left out there that we need answered and it ended. That's yeah, pretty I much would, it. I would probably agree with you, though, that I think there's a lot of questions that shouldn't be answered because then it allows people. Right. And this is another nice thing about, you know, like uh, Pet Cemetery or Cujo or Christine or really even any Stephen King uh, book or story. The Mist, right? Um, what caused the car to be, how did the car become possessed? How did the dogs, you know, how did Cujo go crazy? You know, all these questions that you can sit around with your friends and talk about like you did back in the 80s. Right. When you yeah. watched a movie before the Internet and had everything spoiled for you, uh, you would sit around with your friends and you'd throw out all these crazy theories and ideas and you'd pitch them around. And I think that helped solidify the love for those items or those uh, pieces of pop culture that still stick with us, especially older people like you and I uh, today. And so that's why I think that that's really nice that um, they're able to do that here by keeping some of those questions unanswered uh, there are some i mean yeah. there are some definite answers out there um if you go and look online for example the duffer brothers have said that the demogorgon there was only one of them in the uh in the upside down and so if it's truly right. dead it's not coming back right um but is it that's that's the thing i mean yeah we, they beat the heck out of it. they shot it they electrocuted they did all and it still came after everyone. yeah but she broke it down into like little bits of sand particles Oh, or teleported <laughs> it back or, or closed the back. portal. I don't know. I mean, again, you you don't know. Yeah. So, but yeah, when, when I saw that, I, uh, uh, honestly, I was like, oh my God, why are they stealing stuff from Rodrigo? Yeah. So uh, that's the other cool thing is, uh, here's a picture. I'm going to pop this up real quick. Here is a picture of the Demogorgon, uh, in the final episode. So yeah, you'll see, you'll see some, uh, some spoiler stuff in this. But you can see that this is a big, tall creature, and the scary thing about the creature is that its face peels open like a, a flower uh, to reveal rows and rows and rows of teeth, and it'll swallow you just like that. That's its mouth. It really doesn't, if it had eyes, I guess I didn't see any eyes on the thing. But a lot of people were instantly like, oh my gosh, those are the flappy faces from, from Critical yes. Hit. And interestingly, if you guys go back, I think it was probably a month ago, maybe more. And, and of course, the picture that was sent to me is already um, had been in my inbox for a month before that. Uh, but one of our, our fans, listeners, had sent these fantastic images. I'm going to try uh, to add some more this week on Critical Hit that, that he had sent. Uh, and one of them that he had sent and that I'd posted up on the episode was of the flappy faces. And if you look at this image and compare it to 
the Stranger Things monster, the Demogorgon. Wow, there's a lot of similarities between these two, and it's freaking fantastic to see that. Now, did the Duffer Brothers uh, or whoever was the character designer on this, because you can go online, I think it's on, um, uh, this is on Bloody Disgusting. They have a bunch of concept art for the Demogorgon, and you can see it in all its incarnations. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's some flappy face stuff. But again, uh, personally, I don't see it as a as a ripoff. Um, if it is great, if it's an homage to uh, to us, yeah. then that's great. But I think when you think of creatures that have their faces, their mouth, you see this pop up quite a bit or this concept pops up quite a bit. Yeah, it opens up like that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah but it, I, was, it was just, I, I'm, I, I'm telling you, if the people keep doing that, it's not going <laughs> to it's not safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I thought that was really cool. And then when I when I went back and saw this art, I was like, "Holy crap! This looks exactly like it." I haven't written back to this uh, to this listener who had sent the the fan art, but I wanted to ask him, "Are you doing anything with Stranger Things? Because this looks spot on to maybe what they're right. doing." And the art is so good. Who knows? Maybe he was uh, somebody involved in that. I don't know, but still very, very cool. Very cool. Anything else, Nate? Nope, um, just just that. Um, well, I'm glad you called in so, because I was hoping you would call in and uh, and geek out with us and share a lot of the things that you liked about oh, this. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm glad we were able to talk for as long as we did this week. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right, man. Well, take care. You right. have a great weekend, all right? You too, sir. Thank you. All right. Bye. Uh, 785-727-1939. That's the number that you will want to call if you want to get in on... Uh, in on this action, we got about 10, 15 minutes left. We do have to get off at the bottom of the hour just because uh, we're on Alpha Geek um, Media and we want to make sure that we're not infringing on any shows that might be coming up next. But I certainly want to hear from you. I know a lot of you, I've kind of been uh, distracted talking with Nate. I haven't seen what people are talking about in the chat, but it looks like a lot of you have been enjoying um, what's been going on in, uh, in Stranger Things and enjoying this discussion. At least I hope you are. There are there's one thing that you know, obviously a lot of people are like, Hey man, um, you know, they're just uh, doing a lot of, um, oops, did I see somebody calling in? Sorry. They're doing a lot of, uh, stranger things stuff, just ripping off all these things from the eighties and maybe that works. Maybe it doesn't work. Uh, but I have a reason why I think it works compared to some other television shows. First, let's go to the phone lines and talk to Matthew. Hi, Matthew. How are you? Hey, not too bad. So uh, we're talking Stranger Things today. Do you have some some things to share? What you liked, what you didn't like? Uh, I have figured out that I'm not really much of a horror suspense type person. Oh, really? How come? I don't. I don't know. I, everybody was like, "Oh, you got to watch this show." So I, I started it, and uh, maybe I just haven't gotten far enough. Everybody is it the third episode that's where it all, where it kind of turns around. I think by the third, third or fourth episode is the point where, yeah. And for me, the third episode is where it really turned around. And I said, okay, I see what they're doing. Let's run with this and see how closely they follow everything. Yeah. By the time that, uh, 11 is out of the institution and she's hooked up with the boys, um, then it, then I think it works a lot better, um, from the story perspective. I'll have to keep at it a little more and see if I can, Find, finds a hook. The it's one been, thing, a, been the, kind of a strange schedule for me. Why is that? Oh, why is that? Because you've been oh, so busy. Didn't you say you got a new job recently? Uh, no. Well, I'm, I have a new project. Ah, okay, project. My uh, 
my board game thing is right. is official now. Cool. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, remind us about it real quick. Uh, uh, Midwest Open Board Gaming Library. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, my the official approval to do uh, a fundraiser board game event in Fremont, Nebraska. So at one of the local churches that has a daycare, we're doing a fundraiser for their, some of their playground equipment, and I will be bringing my board game collection in uh, for a $5 donation fee to get in uh, to be a game day from 10, 10 in the morning till 10 at night. And, and, what, whatever and what day is this? September 24th. Okay. Where can people find some more information about it? Um, there's a Facebook group, Midwest Open Board Gaming Library. Okay. Uh, it's probably the best place now. I have a website, but it's, there's, I have my web guys kind of trying to figure things out. Okay. So Come, coming along. Open Board Gaming. Let me type it in right. Nah, I'm a terrible speller. Three G's are not in board gaming. It's kind of a, a long name. Oh, yeah, the, here it is. The, I, the initials are supposed to be sort of like mobile because I, I can take my board game library and run it to wherever it needs to be. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's kind of the, the idea for that. The uh, So I've, I've had that. There's a couple other events that I'll be helping out with for some other stuff. Um also wanted to know if you uh, got that organizer thing. Oh, I did. Yes, and I uh, we didn't have a show last week, uh, but I was going to mention it. We'd been talking about um, organizers for cards and stuff the last time that uh, that Matthew had called in, and uh, Matthew said that he stores all of his uh, Munchkin cards and I think legendary cards in one of the um, uh, art boxes that you get at um, uh, the art supply Hobby store. Lobby. Hobby Lobby. That's right. And uh, so Matthew was kind enough to send me one of those. I guess you had an extra one and uh, you sent me one of those. And I think it's fantastic. Uh, I had it out and I was showing Brad. I was like, look at this. Matthew sent it to me. He goes, oh, yeah, I do this all the time. And I guess he had gotten uh, some of the um, broken token uh, dividers as well and was doing the exact same thing you were. But he had seen the state of my gaming collection. And I know Brad's not listening, so he'll listen at another time because I guess he didn't want to be spoiled on Stranger Things this week. Uh, But Brad had seen the state of my collection and not once had he ever mentioned going and getting one of those uh, uh, art boxes from Hobby Lobby to help store my cards. Never. So, Brad, shame on you. Matthew, thank you very much. You are awesome. I was, uh, wasn't was sure how that would work with Munchkin because is, is, uh, I know that you have basically everything there is. I didn't know yeah. if it was already to the point of filling up a box or I, if you had some room to grow. Yeah, there's still room to grow in that. Um, the nice thing is it's not – there are not as many – You'd be surprised. Well, actually, um, with everything I have, it's more than what you have in a complete legendary um, system. So uh, it just fills up the box. There's room for growth, I suppose, for a normal, for somebody that has most of the stuff. But the problem where uh, I run into is that um, we have um, the Cthulhu edition that has every expansion with that that comes in those two separate boxes that uh, Steve Jackson games puts out. And so that really filled that up. And so there's really no room for that. So we keep that separate, Um, but everything else fits in there. So it's, it's great. Thank you for sending it my way. The nice thing with that box is if you keep the, the, when you lift the lid, there's the the art palette, I guess, or the paint Mm -hmm. palette or whatever it is. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you can use that to, if you, if you can leave it in and it doesn't squish the cards, you can put like rule books or play master stuff behind that. 
So you have a little extra room for some other stuff. Excellent. I will do that. In fact, I went out and I bought a bunch of them, uh, more of those from uh, Broken Token, so that I can put in um, uh, the Machikuru uh, stuff. So I got one of those that I really like. And then I got like three or four more of uh, the dividers like you sent me uh, so that I can do the same thing for the Cryptozoic uh, deck building game and um, not Arkham Horror, Eldritch Horror. Uh, so that I can put all that stuff away as well. So I, and and I know uh, that I know well, they don't have a, a specific divider for Eldritch Horror, but you can still use the cards and everything, the regular dividers, and do that same thing yeah. with them. The uh, there's one in there that's like it's an LCG divide, uh, LCG divider. It fits in a standard Netrunner box. Oh, okay. Um, that one's not too bad. It basically, if it's sleeved, you'll get two rows, and then this weird sort of partial middle row it's not quite big enough oh okay all right um, and if you unsleeve cards you can get three full rows across um, cool which is, which is pretty good the uh and then the only thing to watch for broken token is uh the munchkin one that was not standard sized cards i don't think that was the minion sized mm-hmm. so depending on there was get, a sometimes you'll be like there was something else that people may uh want to check out it's on Kickstarter. I'm trying to look for it right now. Um, oh, there's battle a bin. what is it? Battle bin. And let me look and see if that's the one. I think or bit bits box or something like that. Yeah, bits box. I think that's what it is. Uh, it just launched. Uh, I don't see it. It's um, or at least it's not popping up right away that I see it. But essentially, you guys can go out and look on it. But essentially, what they're saying is they've got these boxes that are modular of different sizes, and instead of using your big boxes. You toss out your big boxes and break all the little bits down and you put them into these smaller boxes. Now, sometimes you may have uh, the all the game pieces spread out between two or three small boxes, but then you organize them into something that will fit into like a one foot by one foot uh, space on your Ikea shelf or something like that. And so you've got this very organized box drawer that you put everything in and you can store things that way. So that's something else to be on the look at. I do see a bit crates is uh, wooden versions of that is what they have on... Uh, on Kickstarter, but there were some other ones that they had. Uh, I think it just launched this week that that people should go uh, check out if they're interested in that. But uh, again, thanks, uh, Matthew, for sending that my way, man. That was uh, very helpful and gave me a lot of ideas on how to clean up and organize this basement, which really needs to get done uh, before the end of the year. So, anything else? A lot else? of board gaming. There's a lot of board gaming stuff that has to do organization and breaking things down into. Yeah. Little things that seems to be kind of the the hotness yep. now is what kind of container can I have that will haul a whole mm-hmm. bunch of games without mm-hmm. all the parts so that I can get a bunch to them. Yep. Oh, I did find it. It is called the BitBox. It's all one word over on Kickstarter. Uh, they've already surpassed their goal. 12 days to go. They were looking for $25,000. they have hit $105,000 uh, on their reward. Uh, and it's just uh, for mobile and permanent storage. You can go go check it out. All right, Matthew, thanks so much for calling in, man. Sure. Have a great weekend. All right, you. Bye. Uh, very cool. Uh, that is cool, cool, cool indeed. So let me go back to this uh, the Stranger Things and tell you why I think people like uh, Stranger Things so much. Uh, and it has to do, and we talked a little bit about it this week on um, the Zach on Film podcast when we're looking at uh, the Suicide Squad and why Suicide Squad and Batman v Superman and Man of Steel don't work. 
And it has to do with this concept uh, between uh, moments and scenes. If you look at uh, Man of Steel, it has a lot of great moments in it. And these moments are things that stick in your mind as iconic, right? The little boy running around the field with the uh, blanket tied around his neck, uh, pretending to be Superman. Of course, that doesn't make any sense. But of course, it's a moment that fills you with awe or inspires you or, or does whatever. And you see a lot of that uh, in these DC movies. But they're not scenes. They're not these things that you can instantly recognize and you can't put moments together and make them tell a story. Uh, this is why I think fan-made trailers do so well is because people will go and grab these very really cool moments and put them together into a fan film trailer and people are like, oh man, this looks so awesome. But if you really tried to tell a story based on that, it would probably fall apart. Why I think Stranger Things works as well as it does is because they're taking themes, themes and scenes, things that would like, uh, like I'd mentioned Matthew Modine and Jangly Keysman in uh, the E.T. movie. Every time you see Jangly Keys Man, you basically saw him from the waist down and you saw his jangly keys. You never saw his face until the very end when he confronts Elliot and says, hey, you know, I believe and this is important and, and this is I'm here to help. And I, I've always wanted this and it's very important to me. Uh, Matthew Modine's character, when he kind of shows up, he does a lot of the same things where he's got the flashlight on his side. He's putting on the, the uh, contamination, decontamination suit or the biohazard suit or whatever. And these are scenes that play out in our minds. The, the whole bike chase that we see in Stranger Things is right out of, um, is right out of uh, E.T. Uh, you see the uh, things that are coming from Firestarter. Scenes from Firestarter are retold in a very different and unique way. They're not iconic moments that you're going to remember. I mean, uh, Elle sitting there stretching out her hand, that's not a moment. I mean, I mean, it is a moment, but it's not something that's an iconic moment. And I think the reason why... Stranger Things works as well as it does is it, be, is, is it takes this love of the films from the late 70s and 80s, the Duffer Brothers grew up on in love, and says, hey, remember this scene, remember this uh, part of the story, remember what made this great, let's put this in there, let's put this idea of Firestarter, this girl with telekinesis who can start fires and do other things, let's take that concept and put it into this character of L, who can also do a lot of this stuff. That's why I think it works and why it plays better and why it's more interesting and engaging than, uh, and it's not just a remake of E.T., which was the biggest concern I had with Stranger Things was that it was going to be nothing but a remake of E.T., but instead uh, they told a, a completely different story wrapped around these concept motifs and ideas that we knew from all of these films growing up. That's why it's so cool to point and say, oh, well, episode feel, four feels like a, a, a mashup of, maybe it's episode three, I forget. It feels like a mashup of E.T. and Firestarter, right? Um, and so I, I think that that's why, that, why Stranger Things works maybe better than a show like Fargo, which is telling basically the exact same story as the movie, but decompressing it over an entire season. Uh, same way with um, um, Mr. Robot or others where it feels like they're just telling the exact same story that we've seen done time and time again and just completely decompressing it. Uh, they, we saw today up on the Major Spoilers website a, the first trailer for The Exorcist. And again, unless they do something completely different and surprise us, I'm not really interested in seeing a 22-season episode of a great two-hour movie stretched out for just being stretched out sake. So, Stranger Things. I thought it was a fantastic time. It was so great. Um, Nate had mentioned the fantastic soundtrack. I mean, the opening credits with this title, um, and I think I mentioned it if I didn't, it probably popped up at least once down there in the Twitter uh, feed. Uh, the font is, uh, is called ITC Bingot, 
B-E-N-G-U-I-A-T, made by Ed Bengad, who apparently has done 600 fonts in his lifetime. The guy's still around. And uh, you can go get this font, uh, and you can make your own logos of this. This was uh, based a lot on the the Stephen King novels. In fact, they had given the um, title creators all these ideas of, here are books that we liked, and they just came up with this design that maybe unintentionally pulled from the titles of the Stephen King novels, the fonts from the uh, title of the Stephen King novels. What I like about this is when you look at it, it's not completely all lit up like you would, you would assume that would be done today. It feels like it is a title shot that was pulled off of a film done in the eighties when they were trying to do this either digitally or graphic, uh, uh, practically. And so that really works. And then the other thing is the fantastic music, the theme song for this, uh, that continually blows me away. And I love listening to it because it's this whole synthesizer thing that feels a lot like a they live and a bunch of others. You can go online and somebody has created a master mix and I've shared it on my Twitter feed, I think a week or so ago. Uh, but, uh, they've created this master mix where it's basically he's looped that opening song for like eight minutes. So if you want an eight minute extended mix of the stranger themes, uh, uh, stranger things theme song, it's out there. If, however, you want to get all of the music from Stranger Things, the first volume uh, has landed digitally on iTunes today. So you can go out and get Stranger Things, the official Netflix series soundtrack volume one. It's like $9.99 for 34 tracks. The tracks vary in length. Some of them are a minute long. Some of them are two minutes long. Some of them are only like 40 seconds long. Uh, And then the Stranger Things volume two will release next Friday. Uh, on iTunes, and then it uh, releases a week uh, late digitally on, uh, or releases a week after the dig- digital release on CD and whatever other. I don't think they're going to have it on an, uh, an LP, but uh, it'll come out in the week after. So if you love the Stranger Things soundtracks, they're available now. And uh, that was kind of our, our geek out uh, discussion of Stranger Things. Hopefully you got a kick out of that. Hopefully everybody did. Um, now all we need is Candleheads. That's that's season two, Jess. Uh, we're going to see uh, Candleheads in season two. All right. So uh, if you guys like this, let me know in the um, in the uh, YouTube chat. If you you could also just send me a message at Major Spoilers on Twitter. Uh, you could use the comment section below if you want to see more of this uh, in the future because there's so much on Stranger Things that we could talk about that we couldn't cover in 45 minutes, right? Uh, if you are a VIP or if you are one of our patron members, I just want to remind you that tomorrow at 1 o'clock p.m. Central Time, we will do our monthly chat for our $10 a month and higher uh, members. And there are some people, there are some great people that are contributing, uh, uh, hitting up at the $40 level, which I really appreciate that. Um, but we will be having our live chat tomorrow at 1 p.m. Uh, Central Time. Scheduled to appear, of course, myself, Rob is supposed to be here, Brian is supposed to be here, Matthew said he would probably be here, and Sam Nelson will be joining us uh, for the first time on the live chat. Uh, You can find that over at members.majorspoilers.com if you are a VIP member or if you are a patron at patreon.com slash majorspoilers. You will find the link to uh, the live stream there as well. And if you like what we do, if you like uh, the programming that we produce, if you like Finally Friday or any of the podcasts that we produce, uh, we would love to have your continued support. So head over to patreon.com slash majorspoilers. I would love to hit our first goal by the end of September, so a month and a half away, 
Would love to get you all signed up on there. There's a lot of uh, cool things that you can get access to. Uh, there's t-shirts. There's some membership cards that will be going out uh, shortly. Uh, there's po monthly postcards that will be member uh, mailed to you depending on what pledge level you're at. You'll have access to the Flashback podcast that Matthew Peterson and I do, as well as a bunch of other bonus uh, podcasts, including if you're at the $40 a month uh, level, you will be able to help contribute news stories to the Major Spoilers podcast, pick our trade paperbacks, and a whole lot more. And, of course, you will get your name uh, featured in the um, closing credits of Finally Friday. Those will all be updated on the 1st of October. So we would love to see a bunch of you there. And we have hit the end of the week. We have hit the end of Friday. The end of the Friday. The end of Finally Friday as well. So uh, thank you so much, everyone. Thank you for the great discussion, Nate. Uh, can't wait till we do a Gravity Falls discussion uh, at some point in the future, and you and I can just geek out for an hour plus. Maybe we'll get an extendo version of that. And uh, thank you to all of our patrons. Thank you to all of our VIPs. We'll see many of you tomorrow during the VIP live chat. And until next week, when it's finally Friday, take care. Take care.